gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Spoilers, we are reviewing another Marvel Studios release. This one is Echo. In a couple of weeks, we'll go back to Marvel Studios and we'll talk about that season two of What If, but we wanted to separate them because they're so different. Echo is in continuity with the MCU. It's called Marvel Spotlight. We'll talk about that. It's the latest in Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Studios. It's five episodes, and unlike anything else that was released on Disney+, Plus, this came out all at once. Truth be told, I saw it on an airplane. I watched parts one, two, and three when I flew to California for a wedding, and I watched parts four and five on the flight back. Joining me for this wonderful review is a truly amazing addition to the podcast. Destiny Jackson is a writer for Deadline. She covers all aspects of entertainment, but she focuses so much on Marvel. She's been perfect on this podcast. The premise of the show, five months after the events of the series Hawkeye, which I really dug, Maya Lopez is being pursued by Wilson Fisk's organization. That leads her to return to her hometown in Oklahoma, and it's a little more than a family reunion. Again, if you haven't seen this show, you may want to pause this podcast because we're going to be talking about it as if you did. Also in this new year, there's a new promo code for our friends at Factor. Go to factormeals.com slash hallofjustice50. Use the code hallofjustice50 to get 50% off. More on that in just a moment. Destiny, welcome back. I know this is award season for you. You cover so many things that are not superhero related, so... Dude, I appreciate your time, and I know how busy you are. So the fact that you're making any time for this little podcast, I really appreciate. No, you have a fan base. I follow you on Twitter. I, I see <laughs> I see what's going on. Um, I love that, and I, I love being here to talk with you about you know comics and stuff. And even though I do cover award season, you kind of fill in the gaps for me. You're so knowledgeable, and I because my bread and butter is spider-man you know what i mean yeah. so i know a lot about spider-man that's how we got um, introduced right it was spider -Man. right yeah it was through spider-man uh through lauren i believe too who knows yeah. you and uh anyway like so you're always you know a pleasure to talk to i'll be like oh damn okay that's what the easter egg was in episode five scene three <laughs> <laughs> right so thanks that's I where we that's it. where we get that okay yeah. um echo was five episodes and for the first time disney plus uh, did not release it weekly. They released them all at once. That's the Netflix style. And there's a lot of ties to the Netflix series, especially Daredevil. 
because of the aspect of Wilson Fisk. Uh, the story involves a character named Maya, who you are introduced to in the Hawkeye series. And so the trailers leading into this series are clips from Daredevil and Hawkeye. And when you are introduced to this show, if you haven't watched Daredevil and Hawkeye, this show makes no sense whatsoever. And that's my biggest complaint. And I'll take this one step further before you interject. See, episode three, when they do the previously on, they're still showing clips of the flashbacks from Hawkeye. Is this plot so thin? And the reason it's five episodes so flimsy that there's no story here, that all this is is one big backdrop into Maya's life, which I'm very happy to know Maya's existence now, but I didn't need any of this. Man, so we're just going to jump right into it. Okay, I was like, oh, we're going to start with the flowery. No, let's let's jump right into the shit because this show, I would say more so than others, absolutely you need to have some prep work done. You need to know Wilson Fisk. You need to have had the knowledge of Netflix's Daredevil. You need to have known what was going on in Hawkeye. Um, it, it's almost writing yourself in a corner if not writing yourself in a corner with this series because I can't really see how it can progress any farther without Wilson Fisk's involvement but it paints itself into a corner because you really need to know him and you it centers around their relationship and that is such a wild choice it also like to add to your point like you're telling me too like during Netflix's Daredevil run that Fisk had a niece you know, or you know, or like, like an adopted, adopted niece, niece, right? An adopted niece that was the her whole protege. Time. A protege, yeah, running around the whole time when he was he was with Vanessa and uh, harassing Matt Murdock and the gang. Like, so how does that even make truly any sense yeah. at all? So they honestly, I feel like they should have kind of connected Echo to um, what's her name? Uh, uh, the other character didn't he have a sister or something and how I, I can't even remember um played by Vera Farmiga right oh, right right, right whoever right. I think they probably should have introduced Echo through that way perhaps to kind of close that plot hole right of him existing in the in the Netflix uh, Daredevil series and then maybe you know through that he gets more involved into her life like that would have made more sense and it would have made that less messy especially because I think at first the plan was not to uh, canyonize Netflix's um, Marvel series, and then they decided to to just no. They they've abandoned that, that. And, and 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 I'm happy about that because now all my my hours wasted on Iron Fist matter. <laughs> Joking, that's a joke. It's not that bad. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. That was that was a joke. Here's here's the argument. The show opens up. And it's this supernatural existence, the Choctaw, the 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 these ability to heal. There's a power. You don't really understand the power and where they come from. They're not really evolved from it. But here's my question to you. Because remember, this is five months after Hawkeye in the, in the storyline. Maya is being pursued by Wilson Fisk. So what she's doing, she's on the run. She's hiding, so she goes home to where she grew up. 
who runs and goes to where the first place you'd guess to look for her? Where everybody knows you. What did she need from home? Because, again, she doesn't know about the powers. She doesn't know about this this echo ability to heal and glow and all these things. She doesn't know any of that. So you're going anywhere in the world. Listen, I'm telling you, if you're in New York City and you're on the run, go to Buffalo. No one looks for you in Buffalo. <laughs> go higher up. Go to go to Syracuse. Go to go go to Ithaca. <laughs> go to Lake Erie and disappear for a while. Um, we have the Niagara Falls. Right. Run. Clark <laughs> just, and Lois are there. Just yeah. Just go further and further up. Oof. Oh boy. At first, I would like to preface this with. This show is still better than Moon Knight, and I think archaeologists to this day are still trying to figure out what Moon Knight's purpose is and what <laughs> how it exists. This one, um, why does she go back home other than plot? I think it's a plot burger that she just needed to eat. She just had to go back home because of reasons, because there's only five episodes and because they don't have a lot to do, and because we learned in that variety piece that Marvel has no idea what they're doing and no show Bibles and just nothing, right? So... In addition to that, what is the purpose of the Choctaw as well? Like, we just don't, I mean, obviously, other than her connection and the spirituality and the cool stuff we'll probably get into later about how it's like a Marvel spot, like the first of the Marvel Spotlight brand. But what the heck was the purpose of, like, her going back home? She doesn't really have a connection to it. By the time we see that she's a little girl in New York, her and her father kind of have that that talk about how she's going to have to go between the two worlds right which is basically gentrification and holding on to your culture but we see nothing we don't get any inner thoughts about her and like how she kind of relates to that we don't see the Choctaw come into her life to kind of like guide her back home I think that would have been a very appropriate way to kind of she's tie reluctant to more. talk to the grandmother yeah she doesn't even want to talk to the grandmother and then by the time that she does it's too late. It's already episode five. And then they're like, oh, actually, your ancestors were like these, you know, magical beings. And they, your mom had the power to heal sparrows or whatever the fuck was going on. Freak was going on with that. I think what we're supposed to get from the Choctaw people, too, is that it's supposed to highlight the anguish in Maya. Right. Because when we see her have these moments, these very few moments of self-reflection, they flash back to one of the ancestors doing something like there was one ancestor that really wanted to be a long horseman and was told that she couldn't be one um, uh, because, you know, she was a female or whatever. Right. And I think it's supposed to connect her to like the injustices her ancestors have faced in the past and have like uh, passed down to the women in their family to kind of like overcome. But they don't make a good connection there at all like you have to kind of surmise that yourself you know it's just i don't know she went back home she went back home she just goes back home she just went um, back home she just said wilson fisk can find me at the crib pull up yeah, <laughs> i'm not scared it's, of him it's, it's odd it, it, it's it's really weird um what i was taken aback by were what i was immediately attracted to in the show is the cast now i know you had met the father in hawkeye uh william lopez uh, played by zon mcclaman 
uh, or McLarnan. Let me let me say the names right. The, my point being, since Hawkeye, I have seen Reservation Dogs, and so now uh, he has a, a totally new uh, role. He's part of the Kingpin's little mafia there, uh, but in the in Reservation Dogs, he plays a cop. Um, Graham Green Scully, the guy who owns the pawn shop, uh, he's in Reservation Dogs. Um, Devery Jacobs, uh, who plays the friend Bonnie, uh, that's the, the little kid that they grew up together. Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie. Um, and she is a major character in Reservation Dogs. And so what I'm what I'm saying is I love that they went to that. I love that these are actors that I had never seen before that now suddenly I'm seeing in two separate situations. And there's even a part in the show. I don't remember which episode it is where the, she says, you never left town. And he goes, come on, the res dogs, we stay here. And I just love that. They're not talking about the TV show. That's just a phrase that native Americans in that Oklahoma area called themselves reservation dogs. That's how the show got made. Yeah, it's also it also helps that Reservation Dogs is a Hulu show, um. So it's kind of it like made it in the MCU, right? <laughs> they just uh, maybe it exists somewhere outside. I would love to see that kind of show. If... <laughs> <Could you imagine laughs> like we just we learned <laughs> we learned in the last season that they all got blipped or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of interesting that they pulled from there. I did. I do hope though that they did spend the time. Um, also widening their casting because you also got some of the actors from Twilight in there too. Um, I hope it wasn't like a like okay, let's just pull from the roster that we already have, you know, kind of got thing it. because that okay. that can be a little lazy too. But it helps that they're all good actors. And to get into a little bit of the acting, sometimes I did feel like the acting was a little stilted. But I want to be kind here, and I want to kind of explain what I mean. I mean by character's that. death, right? Yeah, because exactly like. These actors, and I would love to look into this more because um, I haven't seen much about the sign language aspect of it and the actors learning the sign language. So I want to kind of know, I want to know more about like how they learned it and how long that took and all that stuff because it is, the show is in an interesting uh, place because the main character is deaf and has to use sign language and that's not a reactionary um, situation. So you have to kind of wait, wait for the person to sign sign back to them speak while signing so it it there's like this uh you have to be really good at timing and so you can notice the difference between obviously you know speaking able to people uh and this you know sign language thing and so i think that that's an interesting thing and and people have kind of uh criticized the acting and i think it just is going to take oh, I, time i, I, I thought practice. the acting was the best part of the show <laughs> yeah i, I Story is what good. makes no sense i think um uh, Alakwa Cox has has a little bit of a ways to go, but she's so new. This is like her first big thing, and it's probably you know a little bit of a challenge to to be in that you know in in that space and try to act. You know what I mean? But I think they did a gr for what they were given. I think they did a fantastic job. This episode of the Hall of Justice podcast is presented by Factor. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you're ready for the new year. So far in the new year, I've already been bi-coastal. I've went to California. 
I am busier than ever. I started teaching my podcasting class up at Syracuse University. I don't have time to cook dinner for everybody like I normally do. Factors ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores. Who has time for that? Prep work, cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. Skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is cheaper than takeout. Get chef-crafted, restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat, and in just two minutes, they're yours. And when things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Listen to this. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week. Or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash hallofjustice50. Use the code hallofjustice50 to get 50% off. That's code hallofjustice50 at factormeals.com slash hallofjustice50 to get 50% off. Check out Factor. Use the code hallofjustice50. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Uh, the technology thing that Wilson Fisk uh, had. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, does that exist? Is that is that a real thing that rich people have? You know, or, I was. Is that I've a Marvel been... thing or is that a real <laughs> thing? I haven't seen that. I don't know if that exists, but I did read an interview with the writer and she did talk about that technology. And the only thing she said about it was that it's supposed to show you that even though Wilson Fisk claims that he loves Maya, he still won't really learn the language. He's He'd rather just use technology to kind of deal with the inconvenience of learning sign language. And so you're supposed to fill this gap, whereas Bonnie, her cousin, kept learning the language, even though they hadn't seen each other in 20 years. That's fair. But I, but my, my bigger question is, if you are a deaf person watching this show. Yeah. And you see that and you go, wow, yeah. that exists. Can I can I get that? Can I get can it? I, you know, uh, I, th- that would help me with some of my relatives who are right. less reticent to learn sign language. Like, I, I I don't know. Is that exploitive of, you know, making that easy so you create this thing? And I would imagine that wasn't yeah. cheap uh, to make that graphic. You know what I mean? To, to right. make the, the 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 graphic that that happened i don't know i i, I don't know i don't know the deaf part of this didn't bother me none of that bothered me the native american part didn't bother me i none of that i i embrace all of that i don't understand what she is doing while she's there she came home to get a to blow up a train why? Your guess is, I truly could not tell you what she's there for. I'm not There's asking a, her to be a superhero. Right. There's this queen pin, right? They call it queen pin. She's supposed to be the next queen pin of of the empire of the kingpin. And truly, she just blows up the train or whatever the heck she's doing. And then they drop it. Like, there's no clear cut plan that i could see at the end of this series like where does it go from here what does anything mean at all like so wilson fisk is still alive right so i i just what does you knew because they had announced daredevil when they when maya shoots uh kingpin at the end of hawkeye you're like well that's like blipping black panther after you beat a billion dollars right 
Or right. Spider-Man after you just wrestled the rights. Exactly. It's the um, same it's the same same thing. I again th- this is the theme of Marvel's phase five, and that is this is not about the production. The production is what the production is, and I have little problem with it. I don't understand her motivation. The only things that made sense were the flashbacks. And I was shocked when they went into the previously on in episodes three and four. Remember, this thing's only five episodes. Episodes three and four, they're previously on, and you're seeing stuff from Hawkeye. So the biggest event that happens in Hawkeye's life, in in Maya's life, is in another show. That's like saying Black Panther. The best parts of Black Panther are in Civil War. It's weird. The whole thing is weird. And the token Daredevil, to your earlier point, the token Daredevil cameo, I was hoping that he would be a part of this. Like, let let Daredevil, and I I mean this metaphorically, not literally, let him see something in Maya. Let him become aware of, of something in Maya and do what comic books do. Let the established hero bring in the new person and give give her a purpose. She didn't need to leave him. He's in the show for five minutes. He left her alive. So I think he did see. <laughs> I think he did see something in her because um, he had to leave her alive for plot reasons. That's why he came in. He said, you know, what? let me show the girls what I've been up to um, and how I've been fighting. And let me just fight this other, you know, uh, disabled uh, person. <laughs> and let me uh, let me get out of here. Let me kick her around a little bit. But I'll leave her alive. No worries. She's got a God. show to do. Oh my so <laughs> I just... <laughs> She and, and and another thing too is that Maya even Blue Skadoos and by Blue Skadoos for those who are too young to have watched Blue's Clues or too old and have forgotten Blue Skadoo is when you look at a portrait and you just jump in and you just join in on the fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, she Blue Skadooed into Daredevil as well because Fisk had that whole thing about his father, right? And I was wondering if they were going to bring that back up because at first he lies and he's just like my father or whatever like he he doesn't own up to being the one that kills his dad and then at the end of the series he does right and so she just jumps into there so i'm like okay and yet now there's there's the hawkeye of it all her exploring that trauma of her losing her father then you've got wilson fist coming to terms with also trying to figure out how does he have a path to righteousness right by losing his father and she also has to come in and fix that and it's just kind of like you are spending a lot of time on exposition and we still don't really get Maya's inner thoughts at all. Like, I feel like the audience might be more intimately connected to her, but like, they just don't give us anything, any thoughts at all from like what she's thinking about, like none. You know what I mean? That's amazing. So I I, I don't, I don't know why they did that. Yeah. I don't understand. It it doesn't leave you anywhere. It doesn't set anything up. And even the post-credit scene where, uh, Kingpin is clearly uh, eyeing there, these commentators, these television commentators that he's watching on TV, the the, uh, the 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 cable news aspect of the whole thing. They're talking about how uh, a wild card could go run for office and he's getting this idea uh, to run for office. And OK, that's going to be the plot of Daredevil Born Again. And 
okay, that, that's that's all fine. Um, what I would have loved is some kind of dialogue when Maya and and uh, Wilson Fisk are having that dinner, mm-hmm. and let him talk about how tough his life has been since the events of Daredevil. Like they reference everything in Hawkeye, but Daredevil happened, and you put Matt Murdock in the show. And in Spider-Man, like it's all it's all connected. It's all right? connected. It's so all to, deeply connected. So Kingpin should say things have been hard since that vigilante in the Hell's Kitchen. Oh, and he was in She-Hulk. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Matt Murdock was also in She-Hulk. So we know and he I mean we don't right, yeah. Uh who who was it in She-Hulk? Uh Meg the Stallion was in there. But <laughs> I digress. Uh, we we've been kind of seeing a little bit about what Matt Murdock has been up to, right? A little bit, but yeah, we don't have a strong foundation as to what Phil's, Fisk has been doing um, this entire time. I really truly think this comes down to Disney not knowing what they're doing with their series. I think that's why we haven't gotten a lot of information about that him. I think that's why they didn't extrapolate at the dinner as to what his inner motivations are or what his um you know a lot about his past because that seems like they're saving that for daredevil born again but also they just we know they scrapped daredevil born again and they're they're starting from the bottom up now again you know what i mean so it's like it's just a mess you know what i mean obviously i still think they're going to keep the election component but i mean in this series i think they should have bridged the gap between the two shows and i think that's kind of what the plan was just give matt murdoch a bigger role yeah I think I think they should have absolutely had him there to help her because it's kind of weird that he shows up and then he's just like, okay, well, I was just watching these guys then. Uh, I won't worry about what you're doing over here. So see you later. <laughs> like, that's just so odd. So I feel like there's something missing um, there uh, for it's sure. It's just another Miss Marvel. And he it's had just Vanessa. another Marvel disjointed thing. Yeah. Not terrible. Well, it's not awful. And- it's not garbage. And you still watch. But if you're, re- you know, I have said since this podcast began, we're now in our ninth year. Um, when the the MCU is chapters in a book, it's this big, big book and everything is a chapter. Iron Man 2 is a chapter in a book. So whether or not Iron Man 2 is your favorite or your less favorite, or even if it's a three out of 10, it's still just a chapter in a book. When you read a book, you don't go, Wow, chapter four was dumb, but chapter five was great. And so if you look at this in Echo as this is just another chapter in a book, you know, I'm 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 infatuated and we're planning a podcast uh, in a in a couple of weeks on Reacher. And what Reacher is, is Reacher takes novels. They take actual novels and they adapt them for a season. One season is one novel. The MCU, the reason why I say this about the MCU is that justifies the agents of shield and the runaways and all the, all the different things. They're all chapters of a book. They're all getting toward a point. And this just feels like it lays out there and there's nothing that comes into it. For example, why are, why are the Choctaw introduced here and what can they do? And if they're very powerful, I'll say, I'll give you my Eternals line, which is, where were you when Thanos was there? Yeah. 
The Choctaw is the hardest part of this series. Um, again, they come in early. They're not explained until the end. Then when they are briefly kind of alluded to in the most weirdest way, it's like, okay, so they just give glowing hands? Is that what, is that the situation? They like heal. what they, they, yeah, they can heal, but like, why, what does it matter? Because she, she's not, Echo is not changed. Like Echo is not really changed from this moment, from this big realization she doesn't like originally in the comics, and I think this is maybe my biggest issue too. In the comics, she's kind of like a. Uh, I hope I don't get canceled for saying this, but she's like a Native American taskmaster a little bit. Like she can kind of mimic other people's powers, and so this show kind of strips her down, makes her an antihero where she's just kicking ice cream men for the hell of it, right? Uh, with Wilson Fisk that you know I would watch spinoff of just like her and Wilson Fisk bullying people around New York City like give me that show and just call it a comedy I'll watch it but this one like when the when the Native Americans were introduced and then the power was kind of called upon I was just like okay and now what like they made her a costume gave her glowing hands and then and then now what what like can she see them more like can she call upon them to help whoop people's asses more i just i couldn't i couldn't get i couldn't get into it i don't know i don't know what they're for why they're there what what the importance is other than that being her heritage we don't know enough we don't know enough about them they left a cave that was crumbling and then they walked into the forest and that's it that's wild that's, so it's, it's, i don't know it's wild and it's not to bag on the show i like to, to mm -hmm. take a step back i i didn't hate yeah let's it. talk yeah let's talk about the you know the specialness of it i it... representation obviously right I, I think yeah of all the all the things that are included again i think you and i want to highlight that it is important to have representation on screen and i i think that that this is the best thing i think that this is what the mcu needed it needed something indigenous it needed more people of color it needed somebody younger right because now we're we're shuffling from like i don't want to call them old but no no, <laughs> no but sure. they're, they're talking about the young avengers yeah, storyline that Haley steinfeld and and, yeah. and and these younger people shang chi these younger people are going to come in and they're going to be the new avengers right does echo become an avenger is that the path she's on? I don't I don't know what path she's on. She's just by herself out there in the ether. I don't know. Maybe they'll just leave her for the TV realm. No, and I I I I mean this. I yeah. don't I I I mean this sincerely. Mm. I I don't care where Maya's from. I, I yes, it, it, it's wonderful that just like reservation dogs. And I'll, I'll say this about reservation dogs. I don't love reservation dogs. And I loved that show. I was brought to tears by that show. Not because I needed native American representation. It's because the writing was effing great. And if it's on top of that, incorporating something that I didn't know, and I wasn't exposed to all the better, but it has to be great. And for this, mm -hmm. I come away with it not going, 
wow, that's that that that's that's wonderful. We have a a person, a handicapped person, and a deaf person in this show. I kept saying, why is she doing anything that she's doing? What is her motivation for existing on this earth? And make me love her, not because she's handicapped and not because she's deaf. Make me love her because of the character development. Mm-hmm. And that's what's missing. And the the scenes where she's having the, the, the sign language conversations and all the people who have hearing are saying the words as they're, they're, they're doing the signing. I freaking love that. It felt very authentic. Now, I don't know enough about it to say whether or not if, 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 if there's arguments online of people that are saying that's not authentic. Okay, fine. It looked authentic to me. I told you immediately when I saw the Kingpin's, you know, technology thing, it was like, can you get that at an Apple store? I, I just, the representation to me falls short because what I don't want is I don't want it to be that you can't tell a good Native American story because you can. I've seen you do it. You just didn't hear it. I think it suffers from uh, because it's five episodes. I think you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of that would have been solved by having a longer season. But for whatever reason, Disney Marvel refuses to go past like six episodes now, seven episodes. Maybe you'll get the occasional nine episode show. But for whatever reason, they want to just do two second shows and and leave us with a lot of exposition to kind of fill in on our own here. Um, I think uh, I I agree with you as well. Like the conversation she's having with her family, especially um, uh, her cousin who works at the bowling alley, played by uh, Chasik Spencer, Chasky Spencer. Excuse me if I mess up that name. Um, but I think their relationship is one of the strongest um, in the series. For that, um, and another thing that you mentioned too, I think we should get into how they used her disabilities to kind of play out scenes in the show that I thought were like a really cool ad, uh, addition to the sh- series, which is when, you know, there's a lot of silence, right? We, we do the moments of getting uh, her inner thoughts come in these moments of violence and silence, which unintentionally rhymes, but you get like the silence of like the motorcycle crashing through the glass and then slamming on the police car. Right. Then you get the moment of where she has to make a decision. I think it's in the first episode where she has a man uh, in a headlock and she has to decide, am I just going to, you know, just knock him out or am I going to kill him? And she decides to break his neck. Right. And uh, you don't hear anything around her, but the snap of this man's neck. And so I think that that was like a really cool tool as well. But, but back to your original point. Yeah. I just, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you what her motivations are. I think that you're also right that I think people need to understand that just because something has particular representation doesn't mean it's not susceptible to being critiqued. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's something that um, the conversations online are having a hard time reconciling with. Sometimes when you have things with people of color in them, a lot of people are like, no, no, like don't don't uh you know don't look into it whatever because it's important in that way but not everything can be so precious and so I think that this show while important absolutely suffers from a lot of 
issues, a lot of plot issues, a lot of weak development, to little to no development um, in the short time that it's that it's here. But Echo's missing something. I and I really, uh, if they do a second season, they really need to dig into her. Other than that, I hope she's kind of like an accessory in other characters. Right. She's and- just, she'll she'll be a complimentary player in the Daredevil show. Yeah, I think that's kind of where she needs to be at. Um, maybe TVMA is like TV much assistance um, <laughs> to this show. <laughs> but overall, I'm happy that it existed. I think you make a great point for Marvel Spotlight. I think it's just kind of redundant because, yeah, it's all still part of the MCU. Spotlight's supposed to signi- signify stories that don't get told often. So that means stories that involve people of color, or stories that involve minorities in some other way and and that makes but sense is shang chi marvel spotlight right because they just invented yeah exactly Black panther so, marvel spotlight right yeah so it's just kind of like it already exists so you don't need to to really quantify just let it be its let thing it yeah without let having it stand on its own two feet yeah. even if one of them's prosthetic right right and I don't know what's going on with the Eternals and Shang-Chi. So we'll see. It's been if someone, if one of these shows wants to tackle that people got sucked into the sky by a large entity and then there's a hand in the ocean, come find me. I will write that story. Let's work together. Let's let's do that. Let's start there. Instead of inventing new superheroes, let's tackle the shit that we already have. Okay. And then throw in the new superheroes to that. Give me a reason to bring right. it back to this echo. Give me a reason that she goes back to Oklahoma. Give exactly. Me one reason. And tell me Let's... what she's doing there. And I... did she ha- go there with the plan to do the train? Or did she just go there and make it up after? Give me more of a motivation for this character. Make me love her. And you don't. Yeah. I think that there's some things missing there we did not get enough and i think that's they they needed a calling card for her to come back home and they could have tied it in with the indigenous people saying hey you need to come over here something's wrong we need you and right. she you, could have we, felt that an illness there's something yeah like on. either grandma's going through something you haven't talked to her bonnie's in danger or your cousin biscuits is in trouble you know what i mean something and they did not do that so there's truly no cohesion and no interplay to to what she's about at all and then you leave the show still not really knowing what she's about other than um oh my my adoptive uncle you know he maybe he's not so bad after all maybe you know so well and and don't forget the biggest things that happen in Maya's life happen in the Hawkeye show happen in Hawkeye when her dad's killed now if you want to tell me that she needs to go home to tell other people in her family that William is killed that's a motivation but that doesn't seem to be the reason the reason is you're on the run because he you shot Fisk and all of Kingpin's people are looking for you so go to the first place I'd guess and then something else you mentioned too, the shooting in the face didn't make sense to me at the end of Hawkeye because of how how important Wilson Fisk is to the future of the show, like of of this yeah. of the MCU TV, which is exactly what you said. It's and you do lose that part of the stakes because you know all these people are going to be fine. You know that sucks. 
something that Loki did that was pretty cool is that you didn't know what was going to happen to Loki at all either. And then that show ended with him actually, uh, spoilers, I guess, but you know, that show ended up with him being isolated and alone. I would have never guessed that that's how that show would have ended. And that's some stakes because maybe he could show up. Maybe he couldn't, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know if that character is in limbo, but yeah, like Folks, I, it's I, episode 359. We go in depth into Loki. Continue. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I agree there. I agree with you. No stakes. Wilson Fisk getting shot up for no reason. Still alive. It, it's just it's kind of foolish at this point. But yeah. I think uh, you know if I had to give the show a rating out of five, I would give it like a, I give it like a, like a two for try two point five for trying two point. Yeah, I I would go a little. I would give it a three. Okay. Out of five, and my reason is I love what they did. The again, it feels authentic, but the conversations between Maya and her family, uh, each one was different, and the way they signed was yeah. different. And that seemed so authentic, it felt authentic. And again, I thought the whole thing was a pleasure to watch. I wanted to love her. I wanted to care about where she was going. And I wanted to see more of Daredevil. Even if the plot was thin, I just wanted to see my guy more. You know, that give me that. And they didn't do that. It just it, it it's a meatball. And I, I will say this: it's five episodes. I watched all five on an airplane. I watched the first three going on an airplane, and I watched the second two, the, the four and five coming back. And I saw it over a weekend. And when you're on an airplane, like I try to transfix, like get lost in it. And I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. On the same flight that I watched episodes four and five of Echo, I saw the second to last episode of Reacher. And I saw the season finale of For All Mankind, which could be my favorite show of all time. Or at least this year. For all mankind is amazing, and you're hanging on every word, and like nothing around you with the noise canceling headphones, nothing around you is even remotely in your world. You are completely in, in, engrossed in what you're watching. And in Echo, I'm touching the how much time is left on my. You know what I mean? I'm I'm like I'm like all right. It's not long. It's not. It's it's nothing. It's just just there and it's just it never goes that's a testament to us watching everything we still watch we still want to love but we keep getting burned and that's okay because there's things to enjoy there's things to enjoy and then there's you know overall things like yeah so i'm I'm really excited to see what the future holds for mc but one day one day i think we will fully like something (laughs) well when that day happens i know your number we'll have you back Oh my gosh. It was such a blast uh, being here. Thanks everybody for having me. Thanks everybody. <laughs> I mean the viewers and you. Yeah, no, Seth and all different uh, dimensional versions of Seth. Yeah, well, that is Destiny Jackson. Thanks so much for listening. We do have some big things planned. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for, on any podcast app so the podcast comes to you when it's released each and every Thursday. See you then.